Hey, this is Steve. Before we dive into this week's episodes of Fruit Snacks, I wanted to introduce this week because we're going to be doing a new and hopefully recurring segment on the podcast where we're doing some interviews. And the focus of these interviews is going to change each time. I want to interview different leaders and uh, people within our church, at least to begin with, who have some unique experiences or a unique perspective to share on certain topics. We believe, Brady and I, that if you're a Christian, every single part of life should be affected by that Christianity and that worldview. And so we want to spend some time talking with different people about how things like pastoring, but also business and schooling and finances and politics are all affected or should be affected by our Christian worldview. So today we are going to start off with Pastor Jeff Royce, and we're going to be introducing other interviewees uh, down the line. So I hope you enjoy, and we're going to get back to our podcast on the problem of evil, starting with next week's episodes. Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome to a very special week on Fruit Snacks. We are doing some new stuff. Uh, I am very uh, happy to start doing some interviews. And our very first interview on the podcast is going to be with Pastor Jeff Royce, who I think most of our listeners go to the Oasis. So you will know him as the lead pastor of the Oasis Church in Gilbert, Arizona, which is my home church, Brady's home church. Uh, which makes him my pastor, but uh, more importantly than that, he also happens to be my dad. So hi, dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, for the listeners that we have who are not part of the Oasis, and we do have some, could you give us just a brief overview of you and your background and then uh, how you came to start your own church almost 11 years ago now? Sure, I'd be glad to. I was called into the ministry very early on in my life. I went to uh, Bible college and seminary in the early 80s. Upon graduation, I was approached by my home church pastor to come back uh, and be his assistant pastor, where I served for almost 10 years as the assistant pastor, primarily in charge of youth ministry. At the end of that time, I felt God leading me to be willing to follow him to be a lead pastor. And uh, a door of opportunity opened up in Conklin, New York. And uh, I became the uh, pastor of the Conklin Center Baptist Church in the mid-90s and was there for almost 10 years. And then we moved out here in 2004, was looking for something new. Uh, and felt that my time in New York had come to an end. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, an old roommate from Bible college actually had started a church out here in Gold Canyon, Arizona, and asked me and my family to come out and just vacation and just get away. And we all fell in love with it. And 
again, I'm cutting out a lot, but we moved out here 17 years ago now. And for the first couple years, I was in and out of ministry, so to speak. I didn't really land anything permanently until uh, I became the teaching pastor at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship here in Chandler, which is a large church ministry. Was there through a, a real growth period. I think the church grew from like 1,500 to 2,000 to like over 10,000 while we were there. One of my favorite things about that experience was I was, as a teaching pastor, doing a Tuesday night Bible study called The Mine. And it started out with like 30 people. And by the time we left to start the Oasis, there was like 500 people coming to a Bible study on Tuesday night. It uh, just shows the hunger that people have for the Word of God if you offer it to them. And then, uh, again, towards the end of that experience, I just really felt God calling me to start a church, plant a church. And so we started the Oasis Church in the uh, spring of 2010. In fact, it was Easter Sunday, the first Sunday of April that year, which it will be again the same this year. Uh, and we were at Basha High School for the first nine years, and we're, we just celebrated two years in our own building at the corner of Greenfield and Queen Creek and Gilbert. So I've been in the ministry for 36, 37 years, and uh, I have to say that for the most part, it's it's been a blessing, and uh, I, I could not see myself doing anything else with my life than uh what I've, what I've been doing and what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So, yeah, I, I tell people, uh, you know, my dad's been a pastor longer than I've been alive, which is the, the shortest way of summarizing everything that you just said. But I mean, yeah, you've, you have a considerable amount of ministry experience and not just in ministry, but in small churches and large churches and youth ministry and adult right. ministry, you've been, you've, you've kind of, you've kind of had your hands at, at some point point in just about every aspect of ministry or, or different types of ministries. So right. for people who don't know you or go to your church, I just sort of wanted to lay that foundation because sure. uh, some of the questions that I want to ask you are going to revolve around, you know, they're, they're going to touch in some of these different areas of ministry, I guess. Okay. But uh, today's big question as far as, uh, and then everything else is going to kind of lead out from here. This is really just a couple initial questions I have for yeah. you. And then we'll just see where things go. But uh, I wanted to ask you specifically about uh, shepherding and how how the uh, the I guess process or or the the means and methods of shepherding are uh, evolving, especially mm -hmm. in light of the the whole last year and everything that twenty twenty brought. I think everybody thinks of the coronavirus, but I mean, the reality is, is that there's a lot of things, not just COVID, there's a lot of things that have been amazingly successful at dividing the church yeah. <laughs> over the course of 2020. So yeah. COVID and social distancing would certainly be uh, a very, very obvious example of that. But we also have things like, you know, conversations about race and diversity within the, the local church. And then we also have, you know, just politics and how everything is political now. And it's really mm -hmm. difficult to sort of separate that out away from church um, and, and for church to not become just an extension of 
your your political life if you happen to have one. And for people who don't have a political life, who want to keep church sort of uh, pure uh, and, and out of that stuff as well. So there's just a lot of factors, it seems like, in our world right now that are uh, in some way, shape, or form sort of uh, tearing at the body and the mm-hmm. unity that we're called to have. Right. And so as someone who is in in charge of a local body who is called to shepherd that group, you probably, I mean, from my perspective, you have a lot of challenges more so than even, you know, normal uh, circumstances would have, would have brought. And so, yeah, I I guess where I would like to start is to just first to to lay some context, because part of what we're going to talk about, I think you and I would take for granted because we lived it. But if you could kind of give some context for people as far as how our church responded to the lockdowns initially uh, and why you and the leadership at our church, our elders, um, decided to to do it the way that, that we did it. Because it's looking back, it's very different from how a lot of other churches have, have handled uh, stuff that yeah. came out during 2020. Yeah. And, and continue to really for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things I'd, I'd like to say is that I think spiritual leadership always needed to be a, a position that was a confident position, one that you, you speak to the people of God in a confident way because you're hearing God's voice, you're following the leadership of the Lord, and so therefore you're instilling confidence in them because you're coming across confident. And the reason I start out with that is I I think this year has been probably out of the 36, 37 years I've been a pastor, the most challenging because of all the things that you just were talking about, um, there's been so much confusion uh, in the body of Christ even and and so much lack of clarity and Christians looking in a hundred different directions for direction and what do we do? How do we handle this? And they're getting a hundred different answers from a hundred different leaders or churches and, you know, every church is doing it differently. And and I can't speak, nor does God hold me responsible for some other flock or some other church. But I think for me, I, I clearly heard the voice of God and how he wanted me to lead our church through this. And I've tried to speak to that um, throughout this last year and on into this year and, and to just set that standard that, listen, th- this is what God has led me to do. And, and obviously people can disagree or whatever. That, that's totally up to them. But I wanted our people to know that I did hear God leading me in this. And this is the way he wanted me to deal with it. So when early on last year, we did shut down for eight weeks and just did live stream so we didn't really have any one attending during those eight weeks. I, I did not make that choice because we legally could not meet. That was, there was a possibility of that. It, it was trying to walk a fine line early on between not shutting the church down, but also realizing, especially early on, that we also need to and are called to be a light in our community and especially keep a bridge open to people that don't even know God yet. 
And I did not want those that do not have faith in Christ to look at us as somehow we're not willing to at least compromise or be accommodating or anything like that, that we would do it short term. But I always felt that however long we were going to be shut down, it was going to be a a very finite time. And as we got closer to the end of eight weeks, it was very clear to me that God said, I want you to open the church back up on May 17th. I'll never forget that. And we did, and we've been open ever since. And again, during that time too, I just felt very clear from God that we were not going to require masks at the Oasis and we were not going to require people to social distance, but at the same time, we were going to respect others. And if they wanted to come and wear masks and they wanted to come and social distance, that that was fine. But we simply were not going to make that a a requirement. And our church has thrived during this pandemic and during all of this, this past year, we've actually grown uh, in spirit in spiritual ways and physical ways. It's just an amazing testimony to God. And, uh, you know, obviously I've gotten criticized and all of that for it. But I think when you know that you're sure of what God wants you to do, I, I honestly don't really get discouraged by the, the criticism or distracted by that anymore. We've just kept plugging away and seeing God bless bless our ministry. So.